0: Hello, patrons, and welcome to the first of many U.N. lists. And this one is going to be kind of special because I have a friend with me. Hey, Rich. Hey,
1: Alexa. Thank you for having me on again. How are you doing?
0: Doing very good. And we are, we are starting out with one of the big ones. Uh, top yes. 10 movies. Oh, oh boy. So this... many to
1: choose from. Yeah, this... So many to choose from.
0: This was a really, really good year.
1: Yes, yeah, it really was, and it was one of those, we, we spoke, didn't we, last night, as we were putting, or last night for me, whatever it was for you, I don't know, yes! um, totally <laughs> about how yeah, we had to go back and look, um, because there's so many that I looked at and was like, oh, that, that was this year, wow, okay, that felt like I watched that years ago, but, yeah. yeah, so many good ones, so many good ones.
0: Um. So, format for the show, we're going to be going... Each of our lists ten to one, kind of going back and forth. So it's like I'm going to be starting with my ten, then, which will do his ten. And if at any point one of us has a movie higher on the list, then uh, the other person's place will just go. We have that high end. We'll talk about it when we get up to that. Uh, whoever has it in the higher position, and we'll talk a little bit about it. If if one of us doesn't know the film, the other one can explain it. All that fun stuff. Um, I just I find these list things for the most part better when you have people going back and forth about it.
1: Yep. Love it. Absolutely love it.
0: So, let's get into it, uh, with a film that I'm almost assured that you have never heard of. Okay. Which is the film Wolfpack.
1: I have not heard of Wolfpack.
0: What's it all about, Lexa? So, Wolfpack is a Chinese action movie. Okay. Um that is about um, a group of mercenaries um, recruiting uh, a, uh, like, survivalist doctor person into their ranks while being a little bit of dicks about them, dick about it, but also doing... um, having some real solid action sequence, having a pretty solid, intriguing plot threat, like, conspiracy that they're unraveling. And I just... At the end of the film, some of the heroes in it are the civil engineers, and that kind of warms my heart.
1: <laughs> nice. That sounds. Uh, it sounds intriguing. Most definitely. Yeah. And This is what I'm going to be doing. Any of these that I haven't watched, I'll be uh, most definitely putting on my to watch list. Mm-hmm.
0: It's. Is it the best action movie? No. It just hits a couple of my like right buttons. Um. That I. I really. I really enjoyed it. Um, it stuck with me in my memory uh, since coming out in September. Um, and it's it's a real solid time. So, yeah.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, <clears throat> my first one is the first of actually a lot of Netflix movies that I watch this year. Netflix um, killed and it this year. Yeah, and it's one that, um, actually, of all the people, my son, my 13-year-old son, recommended to me. Um, and it's a remake of a remake. So it's an original um, 1930s movie that was then redone in 1979, which I think is the most famous version of it. Um, but it's a film called All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, it's a...
0: This is a film that I've been trying to get around to and just haven't found the time, but yeah.
1: It's it's one that, um, it, if I hadn't have been told to watch it, I don't think it would have probably popped up on my radar. Um, I'm not a huge kind of World War One war film, but really interesting this is the from the perception of of the german soldiers now just to clarify it's it's world war one german soldiers so they're they're not nazi soldiers um but it's all about them in the trenches um and it it weirdly makes you feel quite a lot of empathy for the german soldiers um really really well done the cinematography is amazing there's some standout performances one of my favorite actors daniel Brühl, is in it um and for the marvel lovers out there we'll know him as baron zemo plus a whole bunch of other things as well um but there's a young lad called um felix camera um who is sort of the lead in it um i'd never seen him in anything before but an unbelievable performance uh and yeah, a very, very haunting movie in some aspects. But, yeah, really, really good movie. And it's on Netflix and everyone's got access to Netflix somehow, right? So, yeah, go and watch it. It's very good.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I have seen the original All Quiet on the Western Front from, what was it, 37?
1: At 30, 1930. Yeah. Um, and it's actually an anti-war film as well. Yes. That's the thing about it is it, it's an anti-war film. So uh...
0: that, that was the thing I was going to bring up. It's the, There's always the conversation with war films, especially anti-war films, of how it's extremely hard to make an actual anti-war film because war in and of itself is so exhilarating and stuff. Uh, look at yeah. Black Hawk Down. That is supposed to be an anti-war film. But it inspired an entire wave of people to get into the army. Um, yep. All Quiet on the West is funny. It's one of the few war films that is actively pushes people away from wanting to join war.
1: A hundred percent, yeah. It, it shows the, the horrible side of it um, in a way that, yeah, just is, is, is really good. But yeah, that is that is my number 10, Lexa.
0: That is a fantastic poll. Um, I've just, there's some films I haven't gone to, as I imagine you will also have some films you haven't gone to this year. And that one was on my list to check out at some point.
1: Oh, excellent. Excellent.
0: Um, So my number nine is uh, Bullet Train.
1: Oh, you know, you were just talking about films we haven't got to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Bullet Train is what I've missed.
0: Um. I don't know for you, but it just came to Netflix here in the U.S.
1: I think it may have done. Yeah, I think it may have done here in the U.K. I know I missed it at the cinemas. Um, But yeah, it looks so fun.
0: Bullet Train is so much goddamn fun. (laughs) (laughs) And it has such a, like, solid cast. Um, Because it's Joe, it's, you have Brad Pitt in the lead. But then you have Joey King, Ayla, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Bad Bunny all playing their roles. Um, it's just such a good cast. Just all having fun with each other. Um
1: You know, a good cast doesn't make a good film, but if you've got a good script and a good cast, you're eighty percent of the way there, I think, aren't you? Yeah.
0: And also the music drops in this. Uh, it does this thing tw- at least twice in the film that I've noticed, where it plays very recognizable American songs with Japanese uh, ly- uh, Japanese translated lyrics over them. I
1: love it when they do that. I, I love it when they take a song... I think I, I remember one of the one of the first programs that did it where I was like I really like that where they took a really well-known song and changed it up and made it work for the environment that was in it was Westworld where it had like the old piano music but uh-huh. I love it when they do that really really love it.
0: So yeah, no. So it literally opens on a Japanese language version of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: It's fantastic. Um and it is one of the few films that I actually found funny this year, which, if you know my relationship with comedy, is a big deal.
1: Yep, fair um, enough.
0: As also just being such a fun time. These are great characters, well-drawn, an interesting universe they have kind of constructed here. Um, I really, really enjoyed this one.
1: Yeah, it is It is definitely on my list to, uh, to try and watch over over the holiday period Um, because I've got a, I've got a little bit of time off. So uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get, to try and get through that one if I can.
0: Nice. So what's next for you?
1: Next for me. And I did have to check this in terms of, how people were categorizing it. And one people, some people put it in one, some people put it in the other. Uh, but I decided to go with the ones that, that put it in the category for me. Um, but it is um, Werewolf by Night. So yes, it's a TV special, but it has been nominated for some movie awards. So I'm taking it as I can have it.
0: I will um, call it in the same category as the made-for-TV movie. I'm, yeah, I, I think
1: I think that kind of is right. Um, and
0: and there were years where Disney Channel original movies were some of the best movies of the year. I'm looking <laughs> at you, the year that uh, High School Musical Two came out. That film is actually legitimately great. <laughs>
1: so what? Why I loved about this film was first of all, I had no in, I had no expectation going into it whatsoever. Um, I also had, it, I think it it may be one of the first Marvel properties that I've watched for a long, long, long time where I didn't feel like I knew what the story arc was going to be before going into watching it, um, which was really nice. And I think that was twofold. That was because, you know, they, there was such a short space of time from when they announced it and then when it actually came on, but also when they released the trailers, it didn't really give much away. Um, I loved the old sort of Hammer-style black-and-white take on this. It introduced, um, and I suppose reintroduced, some really, really cool characters uh, back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Elsa Bloodstone, so for anyone who's a a Midnight Suns fan, um, Elsa Bloodstone was in there. Um, It also was the first live-action performance of Man-Thing, even though we had seen him before um in Thor Ragnarok, albeit very briefly as a as a as a statue. Um, but I just thought it was so well done. Um, it had the right amount of horror scariness. Um that I could watch it with with my kids come to I guess my kids are a little bit older now. They're 13 and 13 and 10. Um, but I just thought they did such a good job with it. Um, I was absolutely gripped. I mean, it's only like an hour long, something like that. But I was gripped throughout the entire thing. And I'm going to say it's my favorite Marvel property production of the year. Uh, I absolutely loved this one.
0: I, again, this is also on my list of need to watch. I just, I I have been in this weird state of basically after I watched... Uh, We watched Cloak & Dagger. I was in kind of a like, I need to detox from Marvel for a little bit. (laughs) Even though I I do this podcast, I need to like detox from the media stuff. And I did go see Wakanda Forever, because it was kind of a big deal. But like, that's the only real Marvel that I've really tried to dig into since we watching Cloak & Dagger sometime in September? So, I haven't I haven't quite gotten to um, uh, check this one out, but Alpha Bloodstone is a favorite of mine, so I I am anticipating it, and it it's good yeah, to hear you enjoyed it.
1: It was very very good, very very well done. Um, you know, it, it it's a little bit hammy in places, but I think it's you know it's intended, and I'm okay when it's intended. Uh, I think when it's when it's hammy and and it's and they're not aware of it, I think is where the films can be a little bit bad. But um, but yeah, really, really good, and a and a solid performance across the board from everybody in it.
0: Yeah. So, um, next up, another film you will probably not have heard of, but will definitely have someone you have heard of. In okay. It. Uh, it is a film called The Roundup.
1: Oh, no. Uh,
0: it is a Korean detective crime thriller uh, with Madan Suk as the lead.
1: Oh, uh, um, for
0: from uh, Eternals. Yes, Gilgamesh from the Eternals. <coughs> Excellent. He is playing a detective who is trying to extradite a criminal from Vietnam to Korea, and stumbles <laughs> into a uh serial killer who is killing korean tourists who are visiting vietnam
1: okay
0: and and it's all about the mystery and the process and stuff and it's it's a lot of fun i fucking love maran Suk as a leading (laughs) man he is amazing i've loved him since he was in the netflix show which got remade this year and they've Took down the original, uh, but a show called Bad Guys from 2013. Uh, okay, yeah me double yeah, check not... that one. Um, yeah, uh, 2014. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, so I've I've loved him since then, um, and he just he hits, um, and. He's a great leading man, and I really recommend this film.
1: Oh, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely have to take a look at it.
0: Um, definitely, so, yeah.
1: excellent, excellent. Um, okay, this next one maybe, maybe the weirdest movie I've watched <laughs> all year, um, and 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 by an actor who—I mean, everyone knows who this actor is, but. He's He has been known for some duds and, and collecting a paycheck uh, every once in a while. I think um, I know what
0: film you're t- about to you.
1: <laughs> But it is the unbearable weight of massive talent um, starring Nicolas Cage uh, alongside Pedro Pascal as well um, and an amazing cast kind of all around. Um, I, I saw the trailer for this at the cinema and I just went, I'm all in. Like, <laughs> I'm watching this. I don't think I caught it at the cinema. I think I watched it when it came out on. I think it may have been Amazon over here in the UK. Um, but for anyone that doesn't know, that Nicholas plays Cage plays Nicholas Cage, um, and the idea is is that he gets invited to spend a birthday with uh, Pedro Pascal's character, who's kind of this gangster mobster type person, uh, and just all. Craziness ensues. Nick Cage gets hired by—I think it's either the CIA or the FBI. I can't remember which it is—to um, kind of be the guy on the inside. Um, Nicholas Cage then thinks that his family get kidnapped. It turns out it's—it's—it's it's, it's not the case whatsoever. It's this Pedro Pascal's um, somewhere. I won't go into spoilers, but yeah, it's—it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, it's such a fun movie and I'm I was really glad to see Nick Cage kind of back in a role cuz you know I'm from an era where Nick Cage movies were the you know he was the he was one of the big action stars of my youth yeah. um and it was really good to see him back in a in a film that just made me laugh so much all the way through it
0: mm-hmm. I I was on the other end of the spectrum going like this is going to be a good film that I will hate as soon as I saw that trailer <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think the nostalgia for Nick Cage probably helps.
0: Well, it's I grew up on the era, like National Treasure was like a stalwart uh, watch in our family, so it's like I do have that deep appreciation of Nick Cage uh, between National Treasure and The Rock.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So did did you did you get to watch it, uh, um, Lexa? Or
0: well, no, I saw the trailer and went. I, not for you not for me <laughs> i respect it but it's not for me
1: and that's the wonderful thing about art right is yeah. that it's subjective that's one of the most amazing things ever mm-hmm. but uh yeah if any, anyone anyone who's ever enjoyed the nick cage film i would i would highly recommend this one
0: mm-hmm. so next up on my list is uh one of the big mysteries of the year um because this has okay. been a Starwood year for mystery films Um, I haven't gone to see Glass Onion yet, so it's not that. Um, it came out much earlier in the year, and it is, uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile.
1: Yep. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, no, this, this was a great film. Uh, Gal Gadot does great, Letitia Wright does great, um, Everybody in this film utterly kills it.
1: Yeah, and it was kind of the sort of it not not a sequel by any stretch, was it? But you you know, we obviously had uh, Murder on the Orient Express that was yes. done, I think, a year or two two before. So no. it's kind of the the follow-up. Not follow-up in terms of like the next Agatha Christie. Um uh, that's not what I was I going
0: no to. Murder on the Orient Express was 2017. It has been wow, five really? years.
1: <laughs> well, that's crazy to think. <laughs>
0: um, but no, this is this is a sequel to Murder on the Orient Express* because it's carrying on that Kenneth Branagh, uh, rendition of *Hercule Poirot*.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely.
0: And brings back the character of uh, God, what is the character's name? Uh, his kind of sidekick character. Um. From oh. Book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh played by of Tom course, yeah. Tom Bateman. So yeah, no this is a direct sequel. But it has been way longer than you think it has since that motor on the Orient Express.
1: It's amazing what a a lockdown and a uh, <laughs> and a uh, global pandemic will do to timelines, isn't it? <laughs>
0: um I do want to give out a special shout out to the like rising star out of this cast, Emma Mackenzie, for playing uh Jacqueline.
1: She uh, it's Mackie, isn't it? Emma Mackie, is it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> she was amazing in it.
0: Yeah. No, it is stunning. Uh yeah. in this film. So yeah. That was my number four. Uh six.
1: Let me check now. Um Number six? No, number seven was that. Uh, ten,
0: nine, eight. Yes, you're right. I did just math.
1: making sure I've got my numbers right.
0: <laughs> I did math instead of counting. That was my mistake.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. The next one is another sequel. Uh, it's another sequel nobody asked for. Um, but it's it's another sequel that most definitely, um. Over, oh, just overachieved in every way shape or form um and that is top gun maverick this um
0: this would be on my honorable mentions
1: yeah i i, I caught this right at the back end of the cinema um i was like ah, it's fine i'll watch it you know i'll watch it when it comes out it's not really you know i used to go to the cinema you know six or seven times a week mm-hmm. that's now you know once or twice a month if i'm lucky just because of work and family life and everything else and my next door neighbor said you need to go to cinema and watch it so i ended up going at like i think like an 11 p.m showing like two days before it stopped here in the uk and oh my word i am glad i did um the the cinematography and what they've done breaking the barriers of, of what's possible for you know, airborne cinematography is unbelievable. Um, And it's just an amazing story. Yeah. And it's really weird because it's an amazing story where there is, okay, there is, there is a, a, a um, antagonist as such, but you don't know them. They're, they're faceless, they're Mm -hmm. countryless. They're just, you know, unnamed things. And the way they're able to create the relationship, I think, between Tom Cruise's Maverick and Miles Teller's um, Rooster, who's the the son of Goose, in it is unbelievable. Like, the, yeah. the tension that they had was amazing. And it was – I was both really, really happy, but also really sad to see Val Kilmer on screen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they – you know, the fact that they went to the lengths they did to get him in the movie I thought was really good and really nice, but obviously it's never nice to see again, one of your childhoods, you know, childhood stars kind of be in that condition. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I thought it was an amazing action film with, with not a huge amount of action, but yet it still managed to be an amazing film. So yeah, really, really enjoyed this one. I'm not sure how it will be on the small screen, um, but definitely on the big screen. And not just the big screen as well, but you, when you've got that big surround sound, you know Dolby Atmos in in the cinema, um, it was absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Top Gun Maverick is a film that I really, really res- I enjoyed and respected, um, but it's like I had quibbles with, and in that apoliticism that you really liked. Where it was against this faceless, nameless threat. I found uksum a little bit more. Um, and that was like so it's these little quibbles on perception that can really push these spots.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, for me, I mean I mean, you know, you, you can kind of get and there's I think there's been videos breaking it down, hasn't there? I think like um Matt Pat on on um film theories and things did like an hour long video trying to work out where they were based on the types of the types of planes that they had access to and the the terrain and all that kind of thing but you know it, it's implied that it is like a you know a North Korea maybe kind of type thing uh, or like you know an old Eastern European powerhouse but yeah it, it's never explicitly said yeah um, but I gather we live in a very different climate now than what we did back when the original was made and because they were just like yeah they're Russians no, <laughs> and that was won. it. Were they nameless in that one as well? There
0: were nameless threats in that one too. Oh.
1: Again, maybe that's just me filling in the blanks. Because I think there were Migs, weren't they, in the last one that they were coming up against. So yeah. Um again, that's probably me just filling in the blanks. Yeah. But um, yeah. It, it it was a movie. My initial reaction when I saw that they were doing this was like, Oh, come on, Tom. You don't need another cash grab. You're a good actor. You don't need to drag up a movie from what, 20-odd years ago, maybe? More than? Yeah, maybe even 25. (laughs) Uh, Maybe even the 30, actually, when I think about it. Um, That, you know, just just as a cash grab. Um, And don't get me wrong, it made a lot of money, but I think it definitely delivered.
0: 35 years on Top Gun. That makes me very old. (laughs) Um, Very old indeed. So, yes. So... As we get into my number six, this is my first of two documentaries.
1: Ooh, now I am intrigued.
0: Uh, and this is uh, Moon Age Daydream, edited and directed by Brett Morgan.
1: Ooh, which not is one.
0: The, uh, is docu- the first officially authorized documentary about David Bowie.
1: Oh, it's the Bowie one, yes.
0: Uh, using a bunch of unreleased footage from the Bowie's personal archives
1: Yeah I this this is on my list I need to see this because I'm a huge Bowie fan we little little tidbit uh, for Alexa we share the same birthday obviously different years I'm not I'm not quite that old but uh <clears throat> yeah eight eighth 8th of January mm-hmm. I share my birthday with uh, with Mr Bowie uh-huh.
0: It is great. And it is my favorite type of documentary, where it is all archival footage. There are no cutaway interviews. It is all actual, like, the experience of these people as documented at the time. And it is fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's something that happened. It's not somebody's reinterpretation or, you know, half memory of things that happened. I, 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 I do like that. Yeah, I do like that a lot.
0: And the way this this port, this film portrays Bowie as a three-dimensional person by going through moods in the way it presents its documentary and footage and how it cuts it together is fantastic.
1: Yeah, again, I i i saw the trailer for it um i think i I think they had an article in Time Out, maybe um and i've seen nothing but positive things on it Mm -hmm. um but again it's just one of those i think it was like september time it came out and Mm -hmm. for one reason or another you know to your point earlier you know the number of things that passes by is yeah astounding and this was this was one of them but so i'm glad you mentioned it because i can add it back to my list Uh, Which I've just done now on Amazon, which, uh, again, the beauty of the internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: So what is your number six?
1: Number six is a, it's another um, sequel. Again, it's another sequel that nobody asked for. Again, for me, it's another sequel that not only blew it out of the water, but potentially and and, and in my mind hopefully spawns a whole series of these movies uh it's another netflix uh movie and it sorry disney plus even not netflix i do apologize um and it's prey Uh,
0: Um, okay so i have not seen this over here it is a hulu film
1: ah okay hulu is disney plus for us they are one and they are one and the same Mm -hmm. Um, so prey is what happens when um, a predator visits Earth uh, with Native Americans, basically, nope. Nope. I I want to say they I want to say they're Comanches, but I don't I don't hundred percent know. Um, I don't actually know if it ever. No, it is Comanche. Okay, I didn't want to say it was Comanche and then it'd be wrong, but yeah, it is. It is Comanche. Well, because um,
0: uh, when they released it, it has a full Comanche language track available
1: yes yeah it does it does but unknown or you know very you know not well-known actors in it um you know very not a lot of dialogue in this movie um the the the, the dog that's in it like wolf dog is unbelievable but um amber mid-thunder i think her name is uh who i believe is uh, of of native American descent. Um, what a performance. Um, you know, we had the comment of, uh, was it, uh, who, who, who was the actress that said she, she paved the way for female uh, action stars, which uh, did make me chuckle a little bit earlier this year. Um, but I mean, she was unbelievable. I, I think, you know, um, worthy of, of, of nomination. I probably won't get it because of the type of film it is, but um I absolutely love this. You know what happens when you you take primitive technology and and go up against something that is so more advanced than you. Um I've always been a lover of the of the Predators franchise and I think it's fair to say that the last few have been misses. Um I didn't I didn't mind the um Adrian Brody one uh, where they ended up on the different planet, but outside of that um I think the, the the new one that was done a couple of years back was utterly terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, you know, so I, I came into this going, Oh, really? Another Predator movie. Oh look, and it's it's Predator with Comanches this time. And I was just blown away because this wasn't this wasn't filmed and directed like a Predator movie. It was filmed and directed with amazing cinematography. Yes, the action was there. But it wasn't just action for action's sake. Um, I, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, for me now, I want to see what happens when uh, a predator drops into the Wild West. I want to see what happens when a predator drops into feudal Japan. Yeah. All of these now—that's uh, that's kind of—I think it's just blown the doors open for for these for, for this franchise to really uh, mm-hmm. really shine with the predator being the main character, or the you know the predator being the sort of link that that links all those films together.
0: Yeah, I can one hundred percent see that. Again, this was on my list of things that I was trying to get done before this recording and didn't get done.
1: Yeah it was it, it it was very very good again and one of those that, that that kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I went in with very very little expectation and yeah ended up thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it mm-hmm.
0: so as we move into my number 5 we hit my other documentary they're right next to each other um, and, okay. And it is the Netflix documentary, Stay on Board the Leo Baker Story, uh, by oh, Nicola okay. Marsh and Giovanni Retta. Um, nice. And this is a documentary about Leo Baker, um, formerly known as Lacey Baker, uh, working through their transition while being, at the time, uh, tr- transitioning from female to male, while at the time of starting their transition, being considered one of the best female skateboarders in the world.
1: Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Again, not not one that I know I know much about. So um... it is
0: stunning, and there are moments in here that really reinforce my own feelings on being trans and like seeing. Other trans people going through the things that I am going through really reinforces that I am not, uh, I'm not that, that what I'm feeling is, is like normal for the, for the experience I am having, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is, that's, it's also just fascinating. And Leo is such a good presence to really ground the film.
1: Yeah, it's 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 always good, isn't it? When when you know, and again, everyone who watches things, it, it resonates differently with them. And again, that's one of the wonderful, you know, every, everyone has their own little takeaways from everything they watch and experience, don't they? And I think that's one of the, again, amazing things about art is you can have ten people watch the same thing and you'll have twelve different opinions and fifty different takeaways from it. Which, uh, yeah, is is always uh, is always good.
0: Yeah. So, um, what about you? What is your number five?
1: Um, my number five is a movie that I have been trying to watch for a long time. It eventually did about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's by one of my favorite directors at the moment called Robert Eggers. He did a film in 2015 called The Witch, mm-hmm. which was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, he then did The Lighthouse with uh, Robert Pattinson. Um, yep, which again really was colored. was amazing, um, and this is the Northman. Ah, um, now if you're not into your ultra violence, <laughs> <laughs> it probably isn't for you. Um, but again, whilst there are elements of ultra violence in this movie, um, the 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 story, the way it kind of mixes. That sort of Norse, almost like Norse esque mythology, but also with the supernatural side of it as well. Um, but kind of never really accepting it, um, just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was, you know, it, it's a bit of a, I would say it's a bit more of an art, an art film rather than sort of a true, you know, action movie. You know, if 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 you're into you know, I think pe- people people I've, I've seen that have watched it were expecting to go into it thinking it was going to be, you know, a brave heart or a gladiator, or you know, and I'm not saying ripoffs of those movies, but similar in in tone and, and arc and things like that. Yeah. And it is nothing like that. It is it is a lot darker. Um, it is, I would say, does sort of swing more onto the art side of things as opposed to that the action side of things. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Skarsgård uh, as Amleth was amazing. Um, and, you know, I love I I, I love Willem Dafoe and I love seeing anything, seeing anything with it. And again, another, another outstanding performance by Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Who just seems to be knocking it out of the park with everything that she does at the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this was, um, I, I also, I missed this one this year. Uh, I did want to go see it because I love Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, I just couldn't find the time in my schedule to get to it. Um, but yeah. I'm glad to hear that you really enjoyed it.
1: I did, yeah. Thoroughly thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and would would thoroughly recommend it.
0: So, um, from kind of an artsy film to a horror film. Uh, my favourite horror film this year is The Black Phone, directed by Scott Dicker- uh, Derrickson. Excellent. Uh... I am into horror not because of the violence or the scares, but because of the war. If that makes sense.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely does.
0: I, I like that fight against inevitability and the black phone is all just the war. Um a special note on this one, uh I go by wide release date, not uh, festival premieres because it did premiere in festivals in 2021, but it got a wide release in 2022.
1: yeah I I have one of those as well. So I I, I went the same mm-hmm. of like yeah, general release is generally when people get to see it, right? So, yep. um,
0: but this is such a great film. Uh, the cast utterly kills it. Uh, Mason Sames is great. Ethan Hawke is creepy in all the best ways. Um
1: I was going to say we've just done back-to-back back-to-back Ethan Hawke films actually cuz Ethan Hawke was the uh was the was king was the king in in the Northman as well. So, yeah, well done. Ethan Hawke's having a good year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it it is a very good film. Um and it it's a really interesting film period piece in the 80s, because it's it's that, like, the things it takes about the 80s to focus on is the way that the 80s and the social situation specifically in the 80s allowed uh, allowed for first widespread bullying and, and that stuff. But also then you had the ac- epidemic of children kidnapping in the 80s. And it's it really playing off of those things. And I think it's it's a really good film and my favourite horror film of the year.
1: Yeah, because it, it starts out, doesn't it? And um, I, I don't think it's implicitly clear at the beginning of the movie that it's going to be a horror because, you know, it's the child kidnapping and, you know, he obviously looks, you know, Ethan Hawke looks, <clears throat> looks creepy, but obviously then... He starts receiving those phone calls, doesn't he? Yeah. And that's when you—that's when he kind of you really know that it's gone down that road. Um, hor- horrors are not my favorite genre of movie. Um, I, I like to be scared a little bit, but I don't like to be scared too much. I—I I only tend to like horrors that are a little bit more grounded. Um, But again, you know, I think this is a game by Bloomhouse, who at the moment just seem to have an absolute tact for taking a very, very small budget and doing wonders with it. Um, You know, if you look at the returns on, you know, whilst this movie won't be in the top 10 lists anywhere of of money made this year, if you actually look at what it costs to make and produce and then... Actually, what they make from it—the returns they're getting on these yeah. um, sort of smaller, you know, horror movies—are unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, i i haven't I haven't watched this fully yet. Um, it is one that I need to go back to um, Cause, because cause this film again, cost- I don't really like horror films. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this film cost them eighteen million dollars and racked up one hundred and sixty one million. That is a lot yeah. of uh, that, that, feedback. That, yeah.
1: that that's you know that's equivalent that's better than what endgame did if yeah. you look at it as a return a percentage return on investment right yeah. and you know that's that's a what one point something billion dollar movie okay. um so yeah blumhouse do a do a really really good job with that mm-hmm.
0: so what is your next film
1: so my next film um is again the caveat of it was released kind of towards the back end of 2021, but purely for the, you know, purely for the nominations, but it had his general release, I think 7th of January. So this may have been the first movie I watched this year, um, but it's got one of my favourite actors in it, Stephen Graham. Um, and it's set in a scenario that I can relate to being an ex-chef and it's called Boiling Point.
0: Ooh, I haven't even heard of this one.
1: It is unbelievable. Um, It's it's essentially, it all takes place within a single night uh, or even a single shift of a restaurant. Um, And it's all the things that happen in that restaurant. And you are, I have never been on the edge so much. Throughout a movie, just the tension building and building and building and building. And it's not the fact that there's one big thing that happens in this movie that blows up. Mm-hmm. It's it's tens of little things that are just there eating away at you all the time. Some great individual performances. As I mentioned, Stephen Graham, who is one of my favorite actors um, of probably of all time. Um, Jason Fleming's in it as well. Um, Ray Panthaket, a- again, an amazing performance. And then probably there's the sort of second lead who's uh, Vinette Robinson. She plays the, um, the, the, the sous chef in it. Um, is really, really good. But yeah, if you haven't watched it, I, I believe it's Netflix. Um, it's, very very good um you know it's it's not it's not an action movie it's you know there's 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 not a a whole bunch of things that really happen in it but there's lots of little things that it will leave you it'll leave you feeling like not many other films could um so yeah it's it's a it's a really really good movie and one that i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed
0: that is a fantastic pull um yeah, no, I will Ian, add-
1: and you were expecting Doctor Strange and. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting Doctor Strange.
0: <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, so, yes. No, that that is a great poll of something I've never even heard of. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Oh,
0: cool. So, for night, we're, we're in our top three now. And we are yes going into the top so three. So far, we haven't had a single crossover. I su- no. I suspect we will have one.
1: I I suspect we will have at least one. Yes. Um. Yeah. Probably one. Now looking at my looking at my list, I think probably one.
0: So, uh, next up on my list is the Korean action film, and. Uh, another example of as long as you don't mind ultraviolence because this has is only the East Asians can do. Project okay. Wolf Hunting. Oh. Um,
1: Again, one that I've not heard of.
0: Yeah. So this is a story of basically um, there is a prison transport on a cargo ship from... Uh, the Philippines to South Korea. And it, the criminals get out and it starts becoming a war between the criminals and uh, the cops on board. And it's using some very, very good practical effects. Some of the best practical effects I've seen all year, if not the last couple years. And oh, then, f- this? And then uh, about halfway through the film, essentially the Predator or the Terminator shows up and it I'm gets, all in yeah <clears throat> this movie i am all in slaps but it's also like this is a paint the room red style action
1: movie i uh i like the look of it yeah this is this is 100% going on my on my uh on my list um i mean i already spoke about how you know, my love for Predator movies. You can add The Terminator in there as well. Um, you know, being a, being a child of the 90s, they were definitely the films that I watched. But mm-hmm. this looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, some people are often, they're, they're a little bit scared sometimes. Not scared, but maybe, maybe, that's that's probably the wrong word, but often dismiss foreign language movies. Yeah. And I don't get why. I don't, I don't know about you, Alexa, but three minutes in, five minutes in, I've almost forgot that I'm reading subtitles because, because I, yeah. I don't speak any other language than English. And some would argue that barely that, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I often just forget it. Like it's almost as if I'm hearing them talking, even though I know I'm not like yeah. it, for me, it just disappears. And I'd, I'd much rather watch a subtitled foreign language film than a dubbed foreign language film. I, I, Detest dubbed films. I I really really don't like them. Um,
0: I think, but yeah, this fact, is one that Miss. I think the fact that there are four non-English films on my top ten list says how I feel about foreign language <laughs> film.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and I think they. You know, I think they are getting a lot more um, visibility now globally, aren't they? Because of you know, and the streaming services have helped. Yes. Because in the, in the past, you just wouldn't you know, we, we have, you know, sky over here, which is, you know, I I probably, I gather the equivalent of like HBO over there for you guys. I'm not quite sure. Um, but that's where, you know, the, you know, the movies are released and we have got like, you know, the sort of terrestrial TV and things, and you would never get a foreign movie on there, at least not at a time of day that you could actually watch it because they'd be on in, you know, early hours of the morning or something. Yeah. Um, but I think with streaming now, you just get, access to so many things that you just wouldn't have done before so yeah this is absolutely going on the list i'm just trying to work out where i can watch it um it
0: only so it may be another maybe a hot minute till you can see it because it only came to theaters on the 21st of september um oh okay i don't even think the physical release is out
1: Third of March, twenty twenty three, is when it's released. Yeah, um, uh, physically. Uh, no, is when it's it's when it's going to come to cinemas. I think. Um, you guys? Oh no, we no we've had it actually. No, we've had it. Yeah, we've had it already. So yeah, I think yeah, third of March is physically when it's going to be coming out. Yeah, over. Um, it
0: looks like over here it is going to be february 14th for our physical release
1: okay okay so not not i mean look we're we're not far off there now anyway are we so uh Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's not too bad um okay a last the last film i've watched of the year so far Mm -hmm. um and because it going into my top three, I, I do think there is one of the movie that would have probably made it into my top three if I'd have managed to see it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is The Whale yeah, um, with, uh, again, childhood hero of mine, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um,
0: well, he's let's not forget he has been killing it the last four to five years on Doom Patrol.
1: Yes, yes, he has. He has. Um, not, not quite a reconnaissance as they call it, but, uh, I think after this film, I think he's definitely going to find himself, um, getting more serious roles. Cause he, you know, he was a bit of a, not a bit of a, you know, an action hero type, you know, movie or wasn't it, he? but he's proven he's got the acting chops. Um, but I just want to give an honorable mention to that. Cause it, it, it may be the one film that I want to see more than anything. um, over over the holiday period. Um, But um, this is Pinocchio. Now, just to clarify, because this is the second Pinocchio movie that we've had this year, this is not (laughs) the Disney Plus Tom Hanks Pinocchio, which I utterly despised. Um, I hated everything they did with that movie. Um, But this is the, uh, I think it only came out... Um, Beginning of December, yeah.
0: Guillermo del Del Toro.
1: And it's like, what happens when you get the guy who made Pan's Labyrinth to do Pinocchio? And as you'd imagine, it's a masterpiece. Um, It is utterly, utterly amazing. Um, It's obviously all um, CGI, but it's kind of in that style of like, it looks a little bit stop motiony, you know. That's yeah. kind of the, the the look and feel they've gone for. You know, it's it's not, um, but it is it is dark in all the right places. It has got an unbelievable cast um, for, of, of of people that are, are in it. David Bradley as Geppetto is is absolutely amazing. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays uh, play. Well, they'd actually call him Jiminy in it, but cricket. Um, Ron Perlman is Podesta in it. Uh, so these like really big, recognizable uh, voices. And then it was Christoph Waltz came on as Count Volpe. And I was like, oh, this is absolutely amazing. So yeah, really, really good. Um, it is maybe, I, I would say, I maybe prefer this over the original Disney. Mm hmm. Pinocchio in terms of a a, a reimagining of it. It is utterly stunning. Um, Don't be fooled by it being labeled as a family movie. It is a family movie, but adults watching it by themselves are going to have a huge amount of of fun with it as well.
0: Very nice. Love to hear that. Um, So I'm guessing we're moving from a Netflix film to a Netflix film.
1: Which, oh, okay. It uh,
0: shows you the type of year Netflix has had. Yep. Um and it is the Netflix film Athena. Uh done by Romain Javaz.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um this is a uh if I remember correctly French language film. Um about police violence. Uh you have Three brothers, uh one who joined the French army, one who is a community leader and one who's a drug dealer, all who are living in all who are reacting to the death of their youngest brothers uh youngest brother uh, due to what appears to be police violence um and it is, Glorious. It has some of the most beautiful cinematography of the year, including beating out my number one, I think. Um, oh, okay. On cinematography wow. alone. Um, has a breakout performance from a previously no credits actor, Sammy Slamane. Uh, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation as Carmen. Um, its opening shot is 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and it is stunning and it's it's also um also a little bit about showing because all three of them are, all three brothers are muslim in france um and it is it is just beautiful and gorgeous and a conversation about police violence I don't think you could get away with in America I think this is a film that can only come out of France due to France's honestly confrontational relationship with their own police for the last what 200 years
1: yes yeah they they, they most definitely do um and and you know to your point they are able to push boundaries a little bit more aren't they um this is one that um, I've I've heard rumblings around. Again, I haven't got round to watching it, but after that review, I think uh, I think it's definitely going to be one that I uh, I take a look at.
0: Yeah, and also just the fucking posters are also amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like my god, this film. I yeah, it blew me away. So yeah.
1: Excellent. <clears throat> well, going into my number two, and I thought long and hard about this, and I, I put them the my, my number two and my number one movie side by side, and whilst I, oh, I, I I couldn't split the difference, but I I in the end, I I did decide that I had not necessarily more fun with, but overall enjoyed my number one movie just that little bit more um so my number two movie of the year um by uh dan kwan is everything everywhere all at once
0: So um, uh, this is my number one yes <laughs> so um also technically it is by the daniels which is the uh collective uh group of dan kwan and dan uh Daniel like, Sh- Sh-
1: and shine as well yes. isn't it
0: mm-hmm. uh Holy shit this film Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Um I did it, an
0: entire bonus episode just on this film that I do recommend people who you're already here on the Patreon, go back and watch it. It it is a fantastic episode, so you can hear like an hour just on this film. But no, this is yeah, my favorite film of the year.
1: I mean all I'll say is take note, Marvel. This is how you make a multiverse movie, um, yeah. Because the, the the idea behind this is just amazing, but the execution. I will. I will admit. I started watching this with my son, and he was a bit like, "Okay, I don't really get it," but the moment it fell into place. Mm-hmm and you realize what was happening, which wasn't that far, you know, it's not like they held it, you know, held it from you until the last third of the film or anything like that. But, um, it's so good. Yeah. So, so good. Um, just the, the action, the comedy. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, Michelle Yeoh is, is amazing in everything she's in anyway, but
0: she deserves nomination for this. 100%
1: hundred percent. If, if this if this doesn't get a a lead act a lead female actor nominate, nomination at the the Oscars, then I'll be blown away. Uh-huh. I think Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing in this as well. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis
0: um, is great in this. Um,
1: um, also, yes.
0: the return of uh, uh, Ki Hwan Yoon.
1: Oh yes, yeah the the husband.
0: Yes who yep. uh, took a massive break and then came back into acting because of Crazy Rich Asians, and this was his second role since coming back.
1: Yep. It it took me a while. I Because I, I never watched Crazy Rich Asians, but I did watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and The Goonies when I was a kid. And I'm watching it going... I know that face. I know that face. And um, I had to, I had to end up looking and I was like, Oh, it's data and short round from Goonies and Indiana Jones and the Templar do. But he's amazing in it. Like, you know, it it, it playing, playing multiple, because that's essentially what they're doing out there. They, they're playing multiple characters or multiple versions of characters within the same movie. And quite often, you know, at least for his character, wearing the same clothes a lot of the time, um, you know, other than when he's in the van and being able to distinguish, you know, you yeah. knew instantly just from his facial expression, which version of the character he was. And I thought the ability to do that was unbelievable. I thought it was, it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed the movie, and I love James Gong. I love James Hong as well as uh, as Gong Gong, the grandpa. Yeah. Um, he uh, for anyone that doesn't know, he's he plays Mister Ping in Kung Fu Panda, uh, which I which I just found I think is great. Um, so that's Po's adopted father in uh, <laughs> in, um, uh, in Kung Fu Panda, but yeah, it was such a good movie.
0: I want the one I want to. Pull out is uh, freaking Stephanie Chu as Joy, who just kills it.
1: She was very, very good. Yeah, very, again, you know, <coughs> again playing all of those, um, you know, peti- you know, essentially different characters. Right. Yeah. That's that's. I think the first thing I saw her in was the marvelous Miss Mrs. Maisel. Yep um was the first thing i'd see her i know she's done some some other stuff as well maybe she was in shang chi as well yes, actually. she was she was yeah. one of the
0: smaller wolves in shang chi
1: yeah um but that's the thing that i remember her for mm-hmm. and i was like wow okay she's just mm-hmm. absolutely blows it away in this well, um so
0: it's it's not surprising to me uh having dug more into her background that she kind of she blows this away because she was a stage actor for a long time. Yeah. So it's just yeah, no, this is one of the best films of this is the best film of the year in my opinion. And only a contender for the decade and yet list let alone my uh top ten of all time, this may very well go into
1: Whilst it only makes my top uh, number two of the year mm-hmm. i would say it is definitely up there in my my top 50 movies of all time mm-hmm. um easily easily in there um which you know i've got a i've got a few years on you like so in terms of age so yeah, you know couple. I probably watched a few more movies so uh-huh. that's why i feel like i can extend it out a little bit
0: <laughs> i could probably send mine out um, a little bit but i would have to uh well, I only know my top ten really definitively because we recently did uh, the Sight and Sound poll. Recently happened from the British Film Institute, um, and one of the podcasts I followed was like, "Hey, everyone, send you send us what you would have submitted for the Sight and Sound poll." So I really sat down and did the work to figure out my top ten uh, because of that.
1: Okay, okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I made mean, it, it, and again, it's it's a constantly changing thing for me yeah, because if you ask really me on a is. Monday. Yeah, you know, a Monday it's this and then on a on a Friday it's this, but um there are some there are some consistence in there. Um but yeah, so my my number one, and again, I had to think long and hard, and I know that I know this isn't everyone's favourite interpretation of this of this character. Um, but I am going with Matt Reeves the Batman. Ooh! Um I I rewatched it three weeks ago Um, and I actually rewatched it after I'd seen everything everywhere always at once. And that's what really got me thinking about, you know, which which is my favorite. Um, But I, I just, I thought this take on Gotham, um, anyone who thought Twilight boy couldn't be Batman, Um, was an idiot and
0: obviously hadn't seen the lighthouse
1: go watch the lighthouse go watch the king Uh, Mm -hmm. what's the other war movie that he's in as well like Robert Pattinson is great an utterly amazing actor and he will be I I I genuinely believe he will be the you know pick whoever you want right The, the the Leonardo DiCaprio the you know whoever you want of of our generation he is going to be He will win an Oscar. Undoubtedly. He will win an Oscar. Um, Zoe Kravitz as Selena. Kyle is amazing. I loved that they went into her backstory Mm -hmm. a little bit more as well. Um,
0: They were also cowards with her, so we'll get (laughs) to that in a second.
1: um, But I just thought, you know, um, Colin Farrell was unrecognizable yeah. as Oswald Cobblepot mm-hmm. um I, I he yeah he was really really good in it uh, i believe and, and and things have been shaken up at dc with the introduction of of james gunn and, and the new dc studios now but i know that there was talks of having a spin-off series yeah. Centered around him, I kind of got Gotham vibes from it. If you ever watched the Gotham TV series, in terms of what they were talking about, but obviously Not set only within.
0: Have I watched Gotham? I have watched <laughs> enough of it to have distinct opinions,
1: <laughs> um, and I, I, I like Gotham for the most of, for the most part. Gotham um, but... is
0: the closest we have ever gotten to what it like is like to read comic books week to week, where it is. That shouldn't stain and holding itself together by a thread. By
1: a thread, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Andy Serkis is Alfred. <laughs> He's maybe the only Alfred I've seen that I looked at and went, yeah, do you know what? I could believe that guy's got military training. And uh, I reckon I he can kick my ass.
0: <laughs> I will throw another Alfred into there. Um, okay. Just because uh, it is... Uh, a uh, younger interpretation of it, and it's Jack Bannon's outfit uh, from uh, the Pennyworth TV show.
1: From the Pennyworth, yeah, I haven't watched that, so I can't, I can't call up on it. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure because yeah, it's a, it's a younger version of it, isn't yeah. it? Um, Jeffrey Wright, um, who I loved in Westworld, uh, I thought was, you know, they did a really good job as, as, as James Gordon, mm-hmm. and you know, again, some people didn't like him. But I actually think Paul Dano did a really good job as the Riddler as well. Yes. Um, you know, the soundtrack was amazing. It was dark. Um, you know, the 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 rendition they used of um Nirvana's something in the way, kind of almost as Batman's theme a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, every time he was on the screen, uh, he was he was there. Um I, again, I, I just absolutely loved this movie Um, and I know it's not everyone's Mm -hmm. favourite rendition of the Batman Mm -hmm. uh, and I know it kind of got released in like a weird period of time where we had you know potentially three not necessarily three versions of Batman but like three versions of Bruce Wayne all happening at the same time with Ben Affleck you also then had the younger version in the Joker movie and then we had Robert Pattinson's version as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah this for me when I went back and watched it um I think it would have been for a fourth time um I I did yeah it did it did pip that number one spot for me
0: yeah it's I have some quibbles with this film um I've watched it twice at this point um they they are cowards for not going into Catwoman's bisexuality because it was obvious why she cared about the woman, even if they didn't say it, and they need to start saying it. Yeah,
1: that, that's that's fair enough. That's fair. I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I kind of. I, I suppose there was the assumption, but you're right. They never did outright say
0: it, did they? Nope.
1: Or did they have a did they have a moment?
0: Uh, not in the theatrical cut at the very least. If they made some changes for the home release, I did not notice them. But
1: okay, and I would have to watch that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, clearly there was it was implied but never said. Yes. Um. Um. Which, which is actually unusual for Matt Reeves. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he, he you know, he's not one to shy away from that sort of thing. Um. Which. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was. It, it was. just interesting that they did because obviously, yeah, he's not. He's not one to shy away from any. You know, from anything really. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I, I. Even even with its, you know, no, no movie is perfect. Yeah. Um, but even with its flaws, for me, uh, it was. I. It it left me wanting to see more of this universe. Yeah. Um. Because it again, it it felt grounded,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and kind of where even though i do like you know the the marvel stuff it's kind of where i like a lot of my my movies mm-hmm. um and for me it had um it, it it almost had i'm trying to think of the um what's the, the 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 film series uh with oh i'm forgetting his name morgan freeman and he plays the a recurring detective um Like along came a spider and a couple of others. I want to say it's it's not Alex Cross, but I can't remember his name. But, you know, old, old style detective movies where Batman is a detective in it. And that's one of the things that I really liked because I don't think any of the Batman films really lent into the fact that he is the greatest detective. That's what, you know, if he had a superpower, that would be it. Um, And I like that they lent into that side of it
0: we have run into my biggest critique of the film and why it did it make my top 10. And this was somewhat just the context that I came into the film in. okay, but I got frustrated that it wasn't a mystery. it it's it's not a mystery film. even though it's playing up the detective Batman angle, it is not a mystery film. It is not solvable before the film before the film gets there
1: ah uh, okay okay yeah that's fair enough that is fair enough yeah he does not it doesn't it doesn't give you the opportunity as the viewer to work it out yourself like yeah. I, I gather is what especially you, yeah
0: especially as we are batman's perspective throughout the entire film
1: yeah no that that is fair that is fair yeah mm-hmm. um but again, even with all of that, and it, it was Alex Cross, by the way. Yes. So Morgan Freeman. If you haven't watched, it's the long game of Spider. Um, you know, so, you know, th- there was seven. You know, elements of seven in there that I saw as well. Obviously, again with Morgan Freeman and and uh, and, and Brad Pitt. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, really, really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, it, it it made my it made my number one.
0: Cool. So, uh, just at the end of this, are there any audible mentions, uh, either films that didn't quite make your top 10 or films that you watched for the first time this year that didn't come out this year that you want to shout out?
1: Oh, deary me. Um, I, I, ooh, films, other films. You know, I spent so long whittling down and whittling down and whittling down my list that um, I'm trying to think now if there's anything anything else that uh that i watched mm-hmm.
0: um i can jump in if you're thinking
1: you jump you jump in i'll have a little think
0: yeah so um my kind of honorary number 11 was uh the new scream movie that came out earlier this year that was very very good it was the last cut i made um so i do honorable mention that one and then uh, a film that i saw this year that i really really enjoyed i saw it relatively recently um, but not from this year was the Japanese film High and Low, the movie, which is fucking bonkers. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you want to see a Japanese boy band do a uh, j- a a, a uh, gang warfare movie on the scale of the oh god when was that? I'm using a reference point uh, that I now need to check. Uh, on nearly the scale of the '70s Waterloo movie. Okay. It is there are action sequences with honestly got like 500 people across a panning shot.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's that is pretty crazy.
0: It is insane, and it's made by Exile Tribe, and it is fascinating and weird. And I have five more movies in the series to watch. It is. <laughs> Something. So, yeah. Do you That's... have anything that jumps out to you?
1: So, w- one that I will say, uh, and, and one that I did enjoy, uh, and it's his again, it's his third film. I kind of see them in the series, uh, but it is one that I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed, and that was Nope. Nope. Which yeah. is the new Jordan Peele. I say new, but latest Jordan Peele film. So obviously yeah. coming off the back of. Uh, is it us and get out? Yep. Um, no, that's uh, very good.
0: And <laughs> had a very deci- defined message to it.
1: Yes, which you know, it's a Jordan Peele movie. They, they, they tend to, you know, they tend to do that, don't they? Um, uh,
0: I found us a little like I have too many good ideas and not a unifying message between them.
1: That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um A, another movie I want to call out, and this may catch people off guard ever so slightly, but remember that I do have a a 10-year-old daughter, so there are films that I sometimes get dragged into that uh, are films that I otherwise wouldn't have watched. Um, But it is a film that should have definitely been released at the cinema. Uh, I am so glad that the Bobs, uh, or or Bob from Disney, is no longer there because he made bad decisions, but this is a Pixar movie and it is turning red um it, it's it's a coming of age movie about a teenage girl but the way in which they do it is really really well done um and yet yeah, again thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that movie uh even though it's animated again you know i i don't shy away from 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 animation you know we're talking about the fact that just because something's foreign language doesn't mean that it's any lesser of a film mm-hmm. i I am a firm believer in in animation as well. And actually, you can sometimes do more with animation than what you can do with live action. Um, Into
0: the Spider Verse is still better than any MCU film.
1: Into the Spider Verse is definitely one of my favourites. I wouldn't. I don't know if I go as far as that, but again, that's the wonderful thing about uh, about art and, and and subjectiveness.
0: Yeah, my heart take is. None of the MCU films are better than Into the Spider Verse or the original Blade. <laughs>
1: the original Blade was good. The original Blade was very, very good indeed. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think that's. I think that's probably it. I think. Fantastic. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else, but yeah, that's probably it from me.
0: Fantastic. So that was our uh, the top ten movies. Uh, that was a whole lot of fun, and we are going to be back tomorrow with another fun list the top five TV shows of the year. So, expect that tomorrow. Thank you very much, patrons, and thank you very much, Rich, for joining me.
1: No, thank you for having me on. Look, outside of gaming, talking movies and TVs is definitely my uh, my next favorite thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, Th- thanks for having me on, Lexa. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to do the next one with you mm-hmm.
0: i i am expecting us to have zero crossover for tv shows
1: i would not be surprised if that was the case yes <laughs> cool.
0: well once again thank you patrons and we will see you tomorrow